Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Air. Well, welcome. It's been a while. This is the Off Air podcast, a product of Cox Media Group Tulsa, a group of four of the best radio stations in the United States. I'm Dan Potter with the KRMG Morning News, joined by Matt Bradley from K95.5 FM, Gus from the Eagle 103.3, and Casey Loop from Mix 96.5. Uh, I think my partner Rick Corey from KRMG is going to jump in here in a little bit. Where's Natalie at, Matt? Uh, she's MIA. She, right. was, she was around earlier, so I don't know where she's at at the moment. All right. Well, we'll uh, if she wants to join here a little bit, we'll we'll let her in the door too. This is not a boys' club. We we welcome her input. That's for sure. Uh, we have not. We've done I think one of these off-air podcasts since got back when we were doing the uh, the home mic hour in the spring uh, during the the lockdown portion of the pandemic. I rarely get to see the three of you at all. So really, I don't even care if we do a podcast. It's just good to hang with the three of you. (laughs) Yeah, no, catch up a little bit. Yeah, and we're recording this uh, roughly 24 hours after the inauguration of the 46th president of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Um, I just, maybe that's a good place to start with with presidential memories. Skyler pointed this out, that he was 11 uh, Skyler Cooper was 11 years old with his first presidential memory. Skyler, chime in here. You're on the, the call, too. Yeah. Who, who was it? What? George W. Bush. And it was right after 9-11. I, I guess I was just in the dark before that because obviously I, I should have memories before that. But I remember right after 9-11 when he addressed the nation. That's really the, the earliest thing I can think of when I try to think of presidents. You were Matt, the youngest you person ever. yeah we had a discussion on the air today about tv tube testers and he looked like what what the what are you talking (laughs) never seen Uh, one okay let's start with matt your earliest presidential memory um i I, it was the first george bush i think he came to stillwater and my dad drove me and my brother to the airport to watch his return to board Air Force One. And I remember driving down Sheridan and clearly seeing the Marine One helicopters all coming in. And seeing, there were like three of them. And I I remember asking like, why are there three of them? I was expecting just to see one helicopter. And you know, that's when I started learning about decoys and how the president moves and all that stuff. And it just became, I became fascinated. Well, then we drove over to the National Guard base and while being screamed at to keep moving forward, um, by a National Guardsman, my dad's like, right through there, you can see the president. And sure enough, he just sat there. We just sat there and watched the president, you know, walk walk out of the helicopter and get, and get on the steps and move on. What's funny, my dad was in the guard and he looked at this guy, I outranked him. I don't care what he's saying. <laughs> and so, you know, that's that's probably my first memory of, of, of any president, actually. Gus, how about you? Uh, I would say probably the moment Reagan got shot. 
Um, I mean, I vaguely remember Carter being in office, but I didn't care. I was a little kid and I remember Reagan before that. But the moment where it was my attention was drawn to it was I think I was in Hebrew school or something else that I wasn't paying attention to. And they uh, somebody came in and made that announcement. And then we all got up and stood out in another room like we were going to find out something in the other room. And there was but that's really the first thing I remember is that newsflash. Um which is not a great way, you know, not, not a first great memory of politics, but fortunately he was all right. We're moving backward in time. We've gone from George H.W. Bush to Reagan, now KC. <laughs> can I've got can we say, go back to Carter uh, with you? Well, um, it's funny. I've got a few uh, stories about presidents. A real quick one is George W. I was up in uh, watching the Ryder Cup up in Chicago area, and I had American flag pants on. And I was walking to the bathroom really fast and I almost got hit by a golf cart. And I turn around and it was George W. being driven. And he goes, I love those pants. I love those pants. <laughs> and he drove it. Um, it was awesome. But my first memory, and this is silly, but I was a kid. It was Ronald Reagan. And I was, I was an actor ever since I was really little. I started acting at the age of seven, going on eight. And when uh, I was told that Ronald Reagan was an actor that became a president, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm then going to be president. Um, and he had the Star Wars program, yeah. which I didn't understand at the time. But obviously, I was like, he's the coolest president <laughs> ever. That's my first memory of presidents. Rick Corey has joined us. I, I know you've got a lot of presidential memories, but what's your earliest reckoning of a president? Well, I'll go back in time even further. I was five years old, October 1963. And I remember watching JFK's funeral. And I didn't know why it was important, standing in my living room with that old black and white T with the little square thing in Gooseneck Bend, Oklahoma, just outside Muskegon, and just staring at it, watching the K-Sun come down the street, not having any idea why it was important, but I was fascinated by it, and I couldn't stop watching. And there was no one else home, which was kind of the case when I was young. And I watched it as long as the network coverage lasted. Wow. I remember 1968 being on the on the like playground arguing with some kids about who was going to win Nixon or Humphrey <laughs> 1968. Like I had and I think as maybe oh, what I've been in six years old. So it had to be kindergarten, first grade. Right. Uh, and so I was just parroting what I had heard at home and my parents were big Nixon supporters. So that's what I was hollering on the playground. That's my first memory. My favorite or most poignant, uh, memory. I, I got to go to the inauguration in 2001. This was after wow. all the, the fight over Bush Gore and hanging chads and all of that. And <clears throat> the station I worked for in Dallas, we had a sister station in Washington, WMAL. And their midday talk show host had clued me in. He said, when you're in the scaffolding, when when the president is taking the oath of office, don't watch the, the, the president-elect. Don't, don't, don't watch the person taking the oath. Watch the presidential honor guard. Because up until that person says the words, so help me God, they will be staring at the back of the head of the sitting president. The second that the president-elect says God, in unison, those heads and eyes snap at once to the new president. And wow. it is a physical manifestation of that peaceful transfer huh. of power, which 
we didn't really get this year and, and certainly didn't get that because the, the sitting president or outgoing president wasn't there. But it, it just even thinking about that memory gives me chills because you can see when it happens if you're wow. looking pretty cool. That's crazy. That is cool. Exactly. Wow. Right. Right. In second in a split second. Um, Y'all caught Amanda Gorman, the young poet laureate yesterday. She Fantastic. Casey, what do you think? Well, I saw I saw her on CBS. Um, well, I guess it was a couple of years ago, and I think it was on Martin Luther King Jr. Day when she read the uh, "I Have a Dream" speech. That was the first time I saw her, um, and she's so dynamic. And and Gail King and CBS really championed her a lot. So to be able to see her in that <laughs> as a poet laureate, you know, following the greats, you know, the Maya Angelus and things like that. It, it's fantastic. I, I could watch her all day. She's one of the most compelling storytellers I've seen. Matt? I glazed over halfway through it. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly the answer, Matt Bradley. I knew you would give that. He's honest. I, I, I didn't mean to. I just kind of, okay, all right. I, I, I didn't quite understand what was going on because I, I came in just as after she started, I guess, and I'm like, what is this? You know, and I, I was half watching it all day anyway. So there's no stormtroopers in this. <laughs> hey, you asked. Yeah. All right. And then I'll ask Gus too against my better judgment. No, no. Actually, I thought she was wonderful. Shockingly, I thought she was wonderful. Now, I also sit on the couch with uh, another young African-American woman. So even if I didn't, I would have had to sit there and say she was anyway. But she was absolutely wonderful. I mean, articulate, but the way everything she did, the way she spoke, the words she spoke, it was just so eloquent. It was hard to not enjoy unless you're mad. <laughs> and Rick, timely, too. I mean, it, you could tell that she had been crafting that poem up until the very last minute. Yeah, and as people who speak for a living, it was almost embarrassing because she spoke so much better than all of us. <laughs> yes. like yeah, and the use of her hands and the flow that she's one of those people who can just present. You remember Reagan was able to do that. Certain people are gifted that way. And she was it. I don't care whose side you're on in this entire thing. And really, she wasn't presenting a side. She was just saying, let's come together. But even if you weren't watching that one or that you weren't, you didn't vote for that. And those those people. How could you not be moved by what she said? Yeah. yeah. Guys, I, I just one other topic I wanted to bring up, and that is kind of where we are here, January 21st, as we record this. Um, a year, it was a year ago today, the first positive test results in the United States came back. Wow. It was a year ago yesterday that the first person was hospitalized with symptoms that they thought was COVID. That was in Seattle. So here we are, over 400,000 dead later, over 3,000 dead in Oklahoma. Uh, but there are vaccines. Um, there is optimism. I certainly feel optimism. And I'm, I'm wondering what you're hearing from your listeners. Do, are they, <laughs> is, is there a, you know, is there a new dawn as we kept hearing yesterday? Or are people just so beaten down they don't know what to expect next? I'll go first, um, you know, because one of the last times we had this this uh, podcast, um, we talked a lot about being careful with our social media, with our listeners, because a lot of people get very angry and politicized it. And there were a lot of people that were calling it a hoax. I don't get any of those anymore. I don't get any people saying it's a hoax still. Right. Um, more people than than not 
saying that they're going to get the vaccine and and prefacing it by saying this isn't a political thing. I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for my grandparents. I'm doing it for my mom. Um, that's mostly the feel of it. I think it's sort of settled. Um, and on that note, my my mother-in-law who's 95 years old is getting her vaccine tomorrow. Nice. Um, which will be great. Yeah. And, hope you know, we're hoping the wait isn't too long and whatever. But she's she's really excited about it. You know, it also means you have to see your mother in law now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just wave through the window anymore. Oh, God, good point. Not the obvious. Four, four days until my mom gets her second shot. Oh, she's awesome. already her first second. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah. So maybe able to hug her before too long. Right. Matt, I mean, you you sense an optimism from K ninety five point five listeners, or we, just we don't really you know? talk about it on the air a whole lot. Um, yeah. We kind of we kind of avoid it. I mean, at this point, at first we did it to educate, like, hey, this is what's going on, and we would talk to people who we knew were getting tested because we didn't know what it was like, and and now, I mean, I'm here, I am in quarantine right now. Um, I was tested this morning. It's the first time I've gone through the test myself, and. I'm like, I have no symptoms whatsoever, but someone living in my house is positive. And, and, you know, me, I'm not, I'm not that worried. I'm, I've failed every test I've ever taken. So <laughs> hopefully I'll fail this one too. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I think the end is near. I, I, I got the urge to, you know, I've, I've started looking at the calendar ahead of time going, I'm going to go somewhere this week, this week I'm doing this and this week I'm doing that. And I've started kind of plugging things in trying to look at that normalcy that's coming. I'm, I'm ready for it. I know everybody's ready for it. Let's just get back to it. I guess you live with somebody who flies with the airline all the time. Um, I mean, in, in, in a way, you D has kept you connected to the outside world. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this other than um, it, it would seem like you, you, you got to be a little stir crazy. Go with her, you know? I, uh, well, I started off a little crazy to begin with, but yeah. And then she comes back and I tell you what, there is, uh, Rick, you don't need to look like you agreed with me so quickly, but I, uh, she comes home and it's 20 minutes of just a list of people that take down their mask to talk. And you're like, you know, the mask isn't soundproof. <laughs> Sometimes people will take their mask off to hear. I'm like, I don't understand what that is. <laughs> but so, yeah, it was a little frustrating, but we never try to separate because it's like every time she comes home, what am I going to do? I'm in a two bedroom apartment. We can't separate. So, you know, we just, we just try to be as safe as we can. And she is now eligible for the first dose because of her job, but they don't have any. So she has to keep waiting in order to try to make that appointment. Um, on the bright side, my dad and mom are getting their first shot today. So, you know, hopefully they, uh, they will get, there will within a few weeks, I guess we'll have both of their shots and I have to wait until I can get mine before I can go visit, but it looks like things are moving in the right direction at least. So just got to hang on a little longer. Cause yet you, you hate to let the, the ball drop this close to the finish line. Well, speaking of being tested, what are you up to? Like three, 35 tests now, Rick? Uh, I was at 37 and I, I have not now. I, I, broadcast a basketball game as a fill-in for the color guy who does basketball now because he is positive uh, with COVID and uh, did one for that. So there was one there, but 37 is it for me right now, unless I end up doing it and doing any other ones, but I never had a problem with it and think it was any big deal. I think Gus's story is funny though, because it very much reminds me of someone going, listen, do you smell something? You know, one of the <laughs> 
And I've heard people say that before. You know, I'm world of sports. You never know what you're going to find. Uh, before we, and I don't know where you're going, but before we finish, I do have to tell a presidential story. Yes, I'm Ooh. sorry, I, I skipped over you on that, didn't I? I didn't mean no, to. No, I wasn't here. <laughs> I was oh, email from Skyler. <laughs> so, me in right, so, uh, Two of them. One, you know my Jimmy Carter story. I'm covering the convention, the, the Obama convention, and, and I'm standing at Radio Row, and somebody bumps into me from behind. I turn around, and it's President Carter, and he's about four foot nothing. And in that Georgia voice, oh, sorry, can you help me find? And I, I took him down and helped him find whoever he was looking for. I don't really remember who he was looking for. And he was just as nice as he can be. But the, the funnier one was in broadcasting a TU basketball game, Tulsa SMU in Dallas at Moody Coliseum. And President Bush was there, uh, President H.W. Bush. This is after his term. And, you know, that's where his library is. They're big supporters, he and Laura. And they, you know, it was a big tizzy that he was going to be there. So he goes and sits front row right across from us, across next to the scores table. And uh, we had plenty of time pregame, and I walked over, and, of course, there's Secret Service all over the place. And you walk toward them, and they act like you're, you're I mean, you're carrying munitions right down, right? And so all these guys approached me, and I said, I just wanted to say hello, and it's a pleasure to have you in the building. Thanks very much. And he was very, he stood up and said, oh, thanks, thanks. You guys got a pretty good basketball team, and he was naming players. He knows, hmm. you know, who's playing. During the game, Juice, um, James Woodard, we called him Juice, or TU, hit 10 threes in one of the most amazing college basketball games I've ever seen. I mean, you talk about heated and loud, and you've been in Moody, Dan, when it's full, yeah. it's not very big, when it's full, is crazy. James hits his 10th three. Tulsa wins this, I think it's a one-point game. After the rich, they're kind of getting everybody out, and I'm sitting across, and I'd already talked to him once, and they walk toward me, and he keeps looking at me as he walks by, and I had my headsets on. And he, he, he points down at me. I move my headset and he goes, hey, Juice is pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> and I, yeah, and he said, is there a ball? I'm going to go see if I can hit a three. And it, these guys are trying to get him out of the way. And so he slaps me on the shoulder and the president leaves. That's he's, cool. He's That's impressed just, with him. Yeah, just fun to be around. He, yeah. He's always, always had a smile on his face. Yeah. You know. Put a smile on my face to see you guys. Um, Me too. We're, I think we're back to doing this every week now. So, awesome. um, folks, want to come hang out with the morning hosts from Cox Media Group Tulsa? Look for the off-air podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Matt Bradley, Gus, Casey, Rick, thank y'all. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.